Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes! Yeah. Good one, dude. <laughs> oh, here we go again. Hey, everybody, it's us again. It's your favorite dads. It's your digital daddies, your online in laws. It's me, it's Sam, it's Dan. And we are here talking to another awesome dad, another veteran. This is a kind of a thing we're doing now. This is just part of the podcast. We talk to veterans and we talk to dads, the two people that want to talk the least. That's the only ones we want to talk to for some reason. <laughs> this time around, a gentleman's name, Chris Reynolds. He's a retired Air Force dad, father of four. And we're going to learn all about him in the course of this conversation, you and I together. So Chris, give us a little bit of your origin story, please. Yikes. Um, all right. So... Uh, I always like to say, you know, fun fact, uh, my original birth certificate doesn't have a name. <laughs> it just has a oh. blank space. Uh, I was adopted. Uh, so that's where I started in uh, Southern California um, in 1979 and uh, had, a, had a pretty rough childhood. Uh, my adopted parents, uh, both uh, alcoholics, uh, drug addicts. Um, my dad, at least, uh, I say my dad, that's my adopted parents. Um, I've never uh, met my biological father. Uh, he at least, you know, went through med school and had a good job so he could afford to have, you know, an alcohol and drug habit and, uh, and not put us on the street. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was still still rough, um, and uh, you know made it made it through high school. Um, lots of basketball, lots of uh, choir, um, some mock trial thrown in there, uh, and uh, hanging out with friends. I had a really good friend uh, that I still talk to, um, and uh, so. Made it through all that, uh, barely. <laughs> Had a really rough case of uh, senioritis and uh, was dealing with, uh, with some depression. And uh, so senior year kind of just tanked and uh, kind of followed me into junior college uh, where I got academically dismissed. They, they said, see you later. You can't even spend money here. And uh, so I was kind of... Uh, in a really junky apartment, uh, you know, in bad side of town. That was in the, the middle part of California, a place called Visalia, uh, little agricultural area. And uh, about four years after high school, I was like, I need to do something else other than working a couple minimum wage jobs to afford the couch that I picked up on the side of the highway. So uh, I was like, well, let me try this military thing. And uh, so I went to the place where they have like the, the four in a row <laughs> uh, recruiting station and uh, took one look at the Navy, said, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't want to be in a boat. So, <laughs> out. Uh, you know, talk to the Marines and, uh, you know, and they hit me up with all the, you know, you want to be a man, you want to get in there and do things right. And I'm kind of like, okay, well, I'm not sure that's a little too intense for me right now. I'm kind of just wanting to like, you know, 
get some life skills and, <laughs> and, and get figured out, you know, pointed in the right direction. Talked to Army and Army was pretty cool. I actually had a friend of mine, his dad was an Army recruiter. So uh, I was like, all right, let's talk. But I just kind of got the feeling like, well, kind of be a, maybe a number, maybe not taken care of so much individually. Uh, so last place I went into was the Air Force. And, uh, you know, dude is sitting at his desk, legs kicked up, like, hey, what's up, bro? <laughs> I was like, I have found my branch. So, uh, so I was like, I like this. This sounds good. And, uh, and I joined. I joined and uh, went through MEPS, did that whole madness uh, early. Uh, went off to boot camp in May of 2001. So just a few months before September 11th. And uh, I took the first job they offered me, which is military police. Uh, worked out well, uh, graduated from that. I graduated actually on September 7th, 2001. So just four days before September 11th. Wow. Uh, and, you know, and then we get the whole like, hey, you're going to war and everything's happening. And I'm like, whoa, bro, I, you know, I just signed up for like a little help and maybe some college down the road or something. Uh, so first place they sent me to was uh, Osan in uh, South Korea. I was there for a year. Uh, I had a, a really tough time. Uh, I had uh, broken up with my fiance and she had sold my car and hadn't paid any of my bills while I was in, in uh, boot camp. and. Uh, so I was feeling really, really, really down um, and uh, actually uh, attempted um, sort of suicide uh, on my post with my weapon. Thankfully, another, another uh, Air Force Security Forces member uh, was able to help me out and get me on the right track. Uh, and it was actually really, really a turning point in my life because I felt like I couldn't control anything. I felt like everything was happening to me and it was all bad. And, uh, you know, I was like, no, this is really stupid. <laughs> I'm worried about everything that I can't control. And that's, you know, of course I feel like I have no control in my life because I don't, I've given it away to everyone else. And yeah. so from then on, I was like, you know what? I'm not doing something unless I want to do it. I'll take ownership of the stuff that, that I can control and the stuff I can't, can't control, can't control. Um, so I left after a year, uh, got to Cali, uh, to Vandenberg, and I actually met my wife there. Uh, and we quickly got pregnant. <laughs> she had two kids um, that you know, she got pregnant. I'm like, all right, well, I'll get married. <laughs> <laughs> was she in the service as well, or was she a civilian? Uh, nope. Yeah, she's just a civilian. And uh, she was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so she had two daughters uh, that I ended up adopting. Uh, I gave them the option. I said, you know, I could either be Chris or I could be dad. But if you pick dad, I'm not going to be dad until I piss you off and then it's Chris. So <laughs> that's uh, fair choice. Yeah. They both said, okay. 
so we ended up uh, having uh, uh, my youngest daughter and my son uh, together. And then uh, the adoption is kind of funny because uh, the judge that presided over the adoptions of my two oldest uh, was the same judge uh, that was over the Michael Jackson trial. Oh, <laughs> if you remember that. What? Yeah, in, uh, in Santa Maria, California. Oh, so wow. that was kind of a trip. Um, um, and, and with the, with kind of the mindset that I had from Korea and with my, um, my supervisor saying like, Hey, you know, we really think that you could be a really good, uh, airman. Um, I kind of been looking for ways to improve myself and looking for ways to, Hey, let's go for that promotion. You know, let's, let's really go after this. And, um, so I ended up uh, retraining into a canine. So I was a dog handler um, in 2005, and uh, they quickly, you know, shipped me over to uh, to the sandbox. Um, to Qatar was my first uh, deployment, um, searching a whole lot of trucks, <laughs> arguing with a lot of people that don't understand how dogs are used properly. Uh, and then I was home for about four months uh, after after six months there uh, and right back out. Um, picked up a different dog and went right back out to uh, UAE, uh, which was ridiculous. <laughs> it was, that was totally not any part of the war at all. Uh, I mean, they got a bar, they got a swimming pool, you know, uh, base commanders, you know, wearing a Hawaiian shirt, tending bar and stuff. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> so that wasn't a bad way to spend seven months. Um, I got back from that and uh, they, they said, we'll give you a break. So they gave me a dog that couldn't go out. He was going to be retiring. So I spent about a year home uh, and then they sent me out again. And uh, this time was to Afghanistan. And, and so it was like, okay, this is gonna be for real. Um, at first I thought it was gonna be Iraq, but then they were like, no, um, something's changed. And if you remember back at that time, that was 2009, um, we had a surge in Afghanistan um, and I was part of that. So orders were cut and I was actually pulled off a plane because they hadn't signed off on the, Air Force is part of the surge. Mm. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Uh, so I ended up in Afghanistan uh, with a great group of guys um, for about nine months uh, in Bagram. Uh, so up in the northern area, uh, all around the mountains. Actually, very similar to where I live now in Colorado, honestly. But, <laughs> uh, you know, don't have to really worry too much about mortars and rockets here, which is good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, about the same uh, elevation, about the same cold and all that, surrounded by mountains. Uh, and hippies. And yeah, and hippies. So, <laughs> Snowboarders, and, and hash, maybe. You know, and, and hash smokers in Afghanistan. So very similar to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could yeah, see that. Green here, very green. 
so uh so yeah i did that nine months um you know that was the first deployment that i really could like call when i wanted to because we could get these little if you remember the little brick nokia cell phones um you know so there i am calling home on my little brick nokia next to the minefield um <laughs> If the if the wind blows too hard, you know you lose signal. Horrible, <laughs> living in a tent. Uh, it was it was a good time though. It was uh, really good guys, uh, which made it all at least somewhat tolerable. Uh, yeah. After that, I got back home. Um, we went to Maryland. We were there for four years in Maryland. Uh, Andrews. Um, mm -hmm. So I got promoted again, which meant I have to I had to drop my leash and and be a supervisor of just regular cops, um, which was pretty crazy. Um, at one point, basically supervised or was in charge of, if you will, about sixty guys. Um, very stressful, but also uh, really really awesome. Uh, it was really great to have a chance to lead. Um, and, and kind of do it my way, uh, which good and bad, crazy and not, but you know, <laughs> we got through it. Um, guarding Air Force One, um, if, if you knew that, Air Force One is there at Andrews. Um, so lots, you know, you get a briefing like, oh yeah, president's leaving on Tuesday, first lady's flying out on Thursday, China's coming in on Wednesday. <laughs> it's like, okay, great. Tell me where I need to be. Um, my uh, my time there ended um, because I was gonna. Well, I ended up deploying to Curacao in the Caribbean, uh, where we did drug interdiction missions um, and hung out at the beach. <laughs> uh, beautiful area. Uh, yeah. Was it like a joint uh, joint task force kind of mission with some other branches there, or was it solely just an Air Force mission? No, no, yeah, uh, Navy, uh, DEA, um, some Coast Guard, okay, and helping out with the uh, uh, Venezuelan government. Oh, okay. So, yeah, a lot going on. They still have a government. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you love those good, uh, you, you love those type of deployments. I uh, deployed to Hawaii for three years. Nice. So, yeah, you, you love um, the the sunny, sandy deployments, uh, you know, when, when they're near water anyway. Uh, Absolutely. The, there's also sunny, sandy ones that you don't love so much. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that, that deployment actually, uh, I had an airman that was suicidal and I, and I ended up... Uh, I ended up being the one to help him uh, and save his life, actually. Um, yeah. So that was a that was the big thing there. And then a couple months later, I had left early because uh, my dad was uh, diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and uh, hmm. so I ended up um, cross training into being a recruiter. Uh, so I like to tell people I, I've had probably two of, of the most hated jobs there is, <laughs> cop and recruiter. <laughs> uh, and we did that in San Diego. I was there for four years uh, in San Diego. 
uh, which was a great time. Uh, you know, four years a, as a recruiter. Four years as a recruiter, absolutely. Yep. It seems like an it seems like an eternity you know, I, for somebody I, that yeah. you know get put in that position. <laughs> I, I told my commander when I left that it should be illegal because <laughs> 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 that is rough. Oh, it was rough. Oh, um, I can't imagine. That was that was tough. Um, uh, for a while, we had my mom living with us, so it was uh, it was rough uh, just all around. Uh, and uh, I need a shoulder replacement, so I ended up getting sent back to security forces and sent to Wyoming, uh, which is where I ended my career. Um, and they said, "Okay, you know, do you want to stay in the Air Force or 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 not?" And I was like, you know, I'm at 18 and a half months, man. I, I got to gotta get at least to the finish line. Uh, and so they allowed me to do that. So I retrained again. And uh, I was down in Mississippi for training uh, when COVID hit. <laughs> so good times there. Um, and uh, yeah, that I retired. And my wife said, I'm not living in Wyoming. I said, well, how about Colorado? She said, sure. (laughs) (laughs) We've been in Colorado now for uh, about two and a half years. And and loving it. So currently work security for a hospital here in Northern Colorado. Okay. So that's, excuse me, that's, um, more than we normally get from from the quote unquote origin story. So we do appreciate that. You gave me all kinds of things to ask, most of which probably won't get time to go to. But I've got a trend that I tend to follow and I don't see any reason to break it now. So I always ask uh, my co-host to go first and to throw their questions out before mine, just in case they look silly and I don't. So uh, any, mini money, Dan, you go ahead and go first this time around. And, uh, right on. And then we'll go from there. <clears throat> Yeah. I, uh, me being a girl dad too, um, I've always been told they're much harder to raise than boys. And so I want to know what was the hardest part you found raising girls. So it it can be any, at any age, like what was the hardest chunk of time or hardest? Like, I know they're all, all kids are hardheaded, but like, what was the hardest thing that you had to experience with, with raising a girl or girls? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guys would ask me like, Oh, well, you know, how you feel about, you know, guys coming over or whatever. And I'm like, shoot, uh, the way my girls are, I'm looking at the guy like you all right, bro. You, you, <laughs> you good. You sure you have any clue what you're about to be dealing with here. Uh, yeah. My girls got all kind of attitude. Um, Probably the most difficult was um, really uh, dealing with just kind of like you know how how long term that they can they can scheme and plan and and and, and try to get one over on you. Uh, probably the funniest one is my my we have a problem with my oldest daughter uh, not using the cell phone. So like okay, I, I take it, I put it in a uh, like a little stupid safe kind of thing. She cracked that sucker. I'm just like, are you serious? The only thing that stopped her is I, I finally had had enough and I, I put the cell phone just in a bag on the refrigerator. So I was like, like, 
it's here in plain sight. If you use it, everyone knows it. Like there's True. no getting around it. Uh, and she told me later, she was like, I really hated when you did that because uh, <laughs> she said she was trying to figure out some way to get it still. Yeah, lock picks don't work on a Ziploc bag. Right? Yeah. Exactly. I'm like, <laughs> try it now. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> like four yeah, mine's, uh, mine's three and a half before next next spring and she's already when you said attitude i was like ding because she's already i know it's going to get worse i know it's going to get worse because you know teenage years uh they'll she'll hate me and not want you know just because that's what girls they always you know no get away but uh but yeah she's when you said attitude it would ding ding light bulb (laughs) she's got the sass the attitude the yeah already i told my middle daughter pick up your shoes she, and she did the whole hands on hip, like one foot out, like totally looked me up like we were about to throw down. Oh, no. And I'm like, you're four years old. Like, you are this tall. What are, are you serious right now? <laughs> Every day. <laughs> grabbed her, picked her up, and once her feet left earth, it was like eyeballs like this big, like, oh, dang. <laughs> I was like, pick that up your shoes. business. Yeah. Put her down. I was like, go. <laughs> But uh, with with your girls be well, with your kids in general being a little bit older, this this question you might have to think about a little bit, or maybe it's been recent. But one of my favorite questions to ask is, um, what's your most favorite or most recent dad win? Like something that you've been working with them with, uh, and they finally, finally, you can see it click, or you can see their wheels starting to turn figuring it out stuff like that i was wondering if you had one of those either recently or if you had a favorite one from back and back when they were younger oh yeah um yeah <laughs> always a work in progress for sure um i mean i guess probably the uh, hmm, that's a good one We, uh, yeah, we've been through a lot uh, as a family, been, been through a lot, a ton. Um, and I'm really proud of the way that we, uh, we come together and we um, try our best, even if we have had beef uh, to support each other. Uh, so my, my middle daughter um, had a daughter and um, she died when she was about three months old um, at our house. And uh, my youngest daughter and myself uh, gave her CPR, uh, but it didn't, you know, didn't work. And um, her birthday would have been October 28th. She would have been three. And so uh, my, my middle daughter had an idea of, hey, let's go to Build-A-Bear and let's all make teddy bears for her. Um, and so we're all together at Build-A-Bear. Um, my son uh, joined the army, uh, so he's in training down in San Antonio, but we had him on uh, FaceTime. And so we made a bear for him as well. Uh, so we're all together and um, you know, doing our best to support our ch- each other through that and, and really make something beautiful out of it. Um, 
and that was her idea. Uh, that was my middle daughter's idea. And uh, I think that really hit for me of like, hey, you know, this is, you know, instead of just going to a bar and drinking or, you know, uh, yeah. ignoring each other or yelling at each other or just, um, you know, leave me alone or something like that. She was like, you know, let's be together. This is tough for everyone. Uh, and let's support each other. And that was probably, uh, at least most recently, definitely the, the one that stands out for me. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, wow. Sorry for your for your loss. I know we're you know a bunch of strangers, but that uh, when you said she would have been three, that really hit me because you know my daughter's a little over three, so I couldn't you know I couldn't imagine I couldn't imagine going through all that. And uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I'm glad you guys can be. That's what family. That's what family should be is is rallying around each other, not bickering, putting difference, you know, if there were differences, putting them aside and and just coming together to be strong for the one that can't be strong or, you know, needs that uplifting, uplifting, you know, uh, to get through their tough time or whatever. And, you know, that's listeners out there. Take note. That's what family's for. It's not for uh, mooching off of or being, you know whatever it's for coming together and supporting each other when even when you know like you said it, it's you could they she could have easily sat in her room and, and be depressed all day and i'm sure she was you know it's heartbreaking and that's sad but doing something like that in, in memory of of her that's you know i'm sure that was you know uh yeah that's just awesome i'm glad i'm glad you shared that with us man that's that's what, that's what I strive to be with my family. And I, you know, I hope that's what everybody strives for in their family. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that really highlights that life is fragile and that you just don't take every day for granted that you get to spend with your loved ones because it could so easily be taken away from you in the moments. Notice. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, wow. Uh, like that hit me and I've got a son. Um, we'll just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with, uh, what my OCD wants me to do. We'll, we'll keep this going clockwise and Sam, go ahead with, uh, whatever you got praying most heavy on your mind. All right. Well, we'll go back to another military question. If you don't mind, we'll switch tracks a little bit there. I was like, how did the military help bolster your self-confidence or give you a kind of sense of direction, you know, with your history moving forward? Um, and did you, I mean, did you really, capitalize any of the benefits it had to offer in that regard oh holy moly um holy cow yeah uh big time um i really had uh, a lack of of self not really self-control but like um i guess self-discipline um you know start things don't finish um oh this is hard i'm out um that's part of the reason why I joined us. Uh, I kind of told myself that, like, you know, I need to join something that I can't quit. Um, <laughs> right. And then join the six-year contract. <laughs> oh. um, but uh, but it really it really did make a big difference. Uh, I didn't go back to school until I was uh, in for about three years. Um, but then I was like, you know what? I read this awesome book. Uh, called Mindhunter in uh, in Korea, and I was like, man, that's what I want to do. You know, I want to I want to do investigations, and I want to do uh, criminal profiling, and and that sounds awesome. And the guy who wrote it, 
uh, was an Air Force vet. So I was like, well, if he can get to the FBI, you know, I got, I can get there. Uh, and so what do I need to get there? Well, you know, you got to have a degree and uh, so like a degree, the guy who was kicked out of community college, go and get it. Gonna, you know, gonna go get a good, uh, get a degree. Okay, sure. Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> so I started slow, um, you know, and just kind of built momentum. And um, somewhere I got a video of a of, uh, uh, laptop that I had in Afghanistan where I was taking classes. Um, you know, you, you go, go to the place where you got limited internet access, upload, you know, my, uh, my paper uh, and a couple of classes that I'm taking, you know, and then go back to my tent, type it away, you know, helmet, <laughs> I'm good. Uh, and, and so I finished, I actually did a lot of school. Uh, thankfully, online college is amazing. Uh, so Air Force, you know, uh, paid for all of that. Uh, tuition assistance. I used, uh, I can't even imagine how many credits I used. <laughs> so much credits. Um, I think I finished probably, uh, probably like 150, 160 credits um, while I was in the Air Force. Wow. Ended up getting two bachelor's degrees. Um, and, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was, I was ready ready for uh, my time. I, I'm going to put in uh, for OSI, which is kind of like uh, if you're Army, CID, that's OSI. Mm -hmm. NCIS, all of that. Um, and I got hearing loss in my right ear, so did not qualify. Oh, no. For me. Um, same thing with, uh, with being an officer, so I couldn't commission and I couldn't join the FBI because they got the same hearing standards. Uh, but you know, those, those degrees have really, um, opened doors, um, for me, uh, you know, and allowed people to kind of like look at me in a different way of like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, this guy can at least accomplish a few things. Uh, Air Force definitely gave me that self-confidence to be able to get through that and the discipline to be like, okay, it's been a rough week, but I still got to put something down on paper. Yeah, yeah. And turned it in. So what about the NSA or maybe some uh, maybe taking some of your traditional education? Uh, it, does any of that translate to the now digital world as far as like you doing some kind of, uh, you know, investigative, uh, you know, positions or, or anything like that? Have you explored any of those options? Um, I, I have not looked at, at NSA. Um, honestly, <laughs> uh, Kind of the transition out of the Air Force was was a bit rough, uh, and uh, so it's just been kind of like, hold on and let's get through this, and then kind of uh, once I feel uh, a little bit more uh, grounded, then let's take it from there and let's see. Right, right. I, I respect that. I mean, you know, don't don't work faster than your ability to make good decisions, I suppose. You know, you don't want to just impulsively, you know, make a decision and be like, oh, hell, I moved the whole family over to the East Coast and now it's not working out. And it's like, well, what do I do now? Yeah. And, yeah, and as far as Air Force benefits, holy moly. Uh, yeah. Uh, tuition assistance. Um, we used um, 
the VA, VA loan is the only reason we got a house right now. Uh, my goodness. Uh, so much, so much help uh, on base uh, with, uh, with programs for my kids, uh, with, um, you know, programs for us, uh, counseling that my wife and I have gone to for free. Uh, I mean, counseling that my kids have had for free. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a lot there. Um, pretty much any, any program in the Air Force, I just tell people like, yeah, I've used it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's there to be used uh, and you're only more wise for having used them as opposed to just, uh, for example, the therapy, you know, just grinding away and, and doing it on your own. Why do that when you can get, you know, free therapy? I've been trying to get back into the VA for therapy for God knows how long. I've virtually given <laughs> up on it. Um, cool. So, I mean, I know that uh, the benefits that you can get from that. Um, I guess, uh, did you have anything else, Sam? No, no. I mean, uh, maybe just like a general holiday question. You know, we could switch tracks again there and kind of bring it in since, you know, it's going to be the holiday time. You know, uh, we've already got past like Thanksgiving, looking forward to Christmas and whatnot. So what are some of the favorite holiday activities that you and your family enjoy? Um, yeah, geez. Um, generally, we, uh, for like Thanksgiving on base, uh, we would usually invite uh, some of the airmen uh, over, you know, especially if they were, uh, you know, away from their family or brand new airmen, uh, that sort of thing invite a couple of guys over um, so we can kind of take care of them. Um, Halloween candy, always got to drop that off at the gate. Love for my gate guards. <laughs> Stay nice up. and caffeinated and sugared up. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It helps to be vigilant. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, typically we'll, uh, uh, usually we'd go, you know, to someone's uh, house, um, you know, either in-laws or, or my family's house uh, and, you know, have big dinners and that sort of thing. Uh, we did have a fun one this last or last year, actually, it was last November. Um, instead of Christmas presents, my oldest daughter had an idea of let's just have a family trip. So uh, we went to Steamboat Springs in Colorado uh, for a week, cool. um, stayed uh, stayed at a, a nice place. It was uh, uh, off because of veterans discount. Thank you. <laughs> so it was about sixty percent of what I would normally pay. Uh, yeah, yeah. There you, go. you know, skiing, some shopping, some hot springs, um, escape rooms, all kind of stuff. So it was a good time there. Uh, and I really appreciated that because, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, sure, stuff is nice, but the experiences are, are better. Um, even when we changed bases, instead of flying out, we drove and we just turned it into a, you know, Griswold family vacation across the U.S. And, uh, <laughs> Making memories. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, have a good time. That's great. Awesome. Right on. Um, well, as Sam said, we do tend to jump around here a little bit. And I was going to jump back into the dad side of things. You said that you were adopted. 
though yeah the parents that adopted you weren't really all that great either and i you know i'm not going to compare our situations but uh, my parents were drug and alcohol addicts as well so uh, you know i kind of feel where you're coming from there and part of this podcast the reason for it was to teach myself to be a better dad uh, i had even just a man in general i have had to learn how to do that on my own uh, virtually you know just through trial and error and i was wondering how did you learn to dad did you have someone was it your you know your wife's uh, father uh, or you know did you have to do it like similar to me just kind of jumping in there and learning as you go yeah uh, my uh, my dad uh, finally got sober uh, right around uh, started around uh, I was 12 years old and uh, basically the state of California said you know look dude you can't continue to be a doctor and do this nonsense so um, if you want to actually like be able to work um, you know, you're going to go through rehab and it's not going to be 30 days. It's going to be six months. Uh, so he did inpatient for six months. Uh, and he was in a halfway house for another six months. He was gone for a year. Um, and, um, I, I really credit them with that because, uh, it really turned his life around. Uh, he was sober for the last 20 years of his life. And, um, he was, uh, a lot better person for it. Um, it was still rough, right? Cause you know, you're a teenager and you know, I'm like 13, almost 14 comes back to the house and it's like, you know, who the heck do you think you are, bro? Like you're my dad. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I don't even know where you've been, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so that was, that was kind of tough. And then, so I tell a lot of people, I was like, you know, um, he, he wasn't, he wasn't a, a good dad to me at all, uh, but he was a very good grandfather to my to my kids, um, and that was that was a treasure to see that complete 180. Um, as far as being a dad myself, you know, it was a lot of Pepsi AC and Tums and <laughs> <laughs> you know, trial and error. Like, all right, we're gonna try this and see how this works. Ooh, that was pretty rough. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I am very thankful, uh, for my wife. Um, she, you know, she was a single mom for eight years almost before, uh, we met. And, uh, so she had, um, you know, a lot of insight and a lot of help in that regard of like, yeah, I wouldn't try that, <laughs> you know, or, or how about this? Uh, you know, and we had a, a very good, uh, discussion, um, you know, before we were getting married, uh, you know, while we were planning it, uh, of like, okay, you know, how are we going to parent the kids? You know, if this kind of happens, kind of what are, what are my guardrails, right? Like, this is okay. That's not okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of heartburn, but, uh, and a lot of trial and error, AB testing supreme. Interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't know if you were going to have uh, like your story was going to lead to dad coming back around and being great or, you know, if someone else was going to step in your life or how that was going to go. <laughs> Even uh, earlier when you were leading toward the FBI, I was like, okay, clearly he didn't go to the FBI, but like, you know, how does this story end? Like I, I, I never really knew how like it was going to go. Um, so before I throw it back to Dan uh, and then I probably after that, we'll kick it into the second half of the show, but uh, I've got, 
something personal to me that I'm in the course of, of working on. I'm going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, go back to talk to a few other dads about this and, and get a, a couple short, um, maybe short interviews. I don't know if they'll go as long as normal, but right now I have, uh, this has been a really hard year for me just in general. Uh, my grandma died, my dad died, we moved. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of stress. Um, you know, things around the house, being a homeowner for the first time, the funerals and blah, 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 blah. And it's, I'm at this point where I'm thinking I don't have as much mental toughness as I thought that I did. I'm not sure that I have really any to speak of at all. And so as I talk to new dads or or the dads I've spoken to before, I want to, to ask them and get their opinion on what you did, uh, not for yourself necessarily, but in terms of your children, you know, how did you make sure that they had that toughness in them? Because I don't want my son to be dealing with the problems that, you know, well, any of the problems that I deal with in life, but you know, this specifically is on my mind right now. And so I want to make sure that I can do what I can to, to help him in that regard. So for you personally, did you even have to, uh, to encounter this or, you know, is it something that you really gave thought to? Holy moly. Uh, yes. Um, first of all, yeah, sorry, sorry to hear about your loss as well. Um, We've had, we've, <laughs> it has been mounting for me uh, over the last over the last 10 years. Um, my father's died, my mom has died, my aunt has died, my uncle died uh, yesterday. Uh, oh, oh. Okay. Uh, my daughter's, my oldest daughter's uh, fiance has died. I mean, it has been, uh, and of course my granddaughter, I mean, it's been absolutely just brutal. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, after my dad died, my mom was living with us, you know, she went totally, totally back in the bottle. Uh, and there was a lot of things that came coming back up from my childhood, you know, stuff that you thought you got out of your head and it comes right back to you and just hits you upside the head. And there's so many bad thoughts. Um, and, and thankfully I, uh, there was, um, called a MFLAC, Military Family Life Counselor. And um, we had one at the base that I was near because I was a recruiter. So I was just in an office, uh, but I was near a base. So I just used their services. Uh, and that helped a lot to get through that because it was it was rough uh, to be sure. And I've definitely, definitely dealt with burnout and uh, meltdown and uh, in therapy for PTSD. Um, it's rough, uh, I, you know, I feel for you. Um, and yeah, you don't want to pass it on to your kids, right? You don't want to, hey, time to go to school, you know, ah, and then, <laughs> <laughs> what's the problem? I'm fine, guys, it's cool, you know, you can go to school. It's, it's, everything's fine, don't worry about it. Um, I've tried my best to, you know, get those moments Um, I do a lot of hiking here, um, go for a walk. Um, I mean, when I was a recruiter, there was, there's more than a few days where I, I just told my boss, I was like, I'm leaving, uh, and, and I'm going to go, sorry. And I would, there was a a lake nearby and I would just walk the lake. Um, you know, and, uh, 
you gotta gotta take that time to decompress and relax. And uh, you know, when you get those, for me, it's a horrendous train of thought, and it's like trying to pull it back. Uh, you know, you have to recognize that and try and stop that, and then just compartmentalize. You know what? Yeah, I've got all of this on my back, which is killing me. But you know, I'm here to coach basketball right now, or I'm here to take my daughter to this dance competition right now. And, and that's it. And this is about her. This is about her right now. So whatever I've got going on has gotta has got to go away um, you know, for an hour. <laughs> and then when they go to bed, you know, then maybe I'll I'll deal with it. Um, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll deal with it, or maybe it'll be tomorrow that I deal with it. You know, I don't know, but um, uh, that and and uh, you know, my wife and I have had a lot of really frank conversations. Uh, she is absolutely my best friend. I mean, she, um, you know, and there's been times where it's in like, I don't know how this is going to end, um, but you know, I. In my heart, I'm like, I know I can trust you, so here it is. And then, you know, we work through it. And um, for me, the biggest thing is just if if it's their turn, you know, it's their turn, and and now it's my kids' time, and so I gotta support them. Uh, and then, you know, I'll make an appointment <laughs> for my turn some other time. Um, that's, I guess, the best way that I can put that. Um, I don't know if that makes sense or is helpful, but yeah, bowling, you know, throwing a heavy ball at, at wooden pins is pretty good also. <laughs> God, I haven't went bowling in ages. I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work in a bowling alley, so I'm like, hey, there you go. Uh, you know, at one point I had a heavy bag in the, in the garage. It's like, I'll be back in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right on, right on. I see some parallels there in, in things that I'm currently doing. So that gives me some encouragement. And I, I'm also encouraged to know that, you know, sometimes some dads just don't have it figured out completely. And, you know, that we just keep we just keep going on, you know, and, and, and trying our best. I feel like it's been an age. Uh, uh, what I don't know, a blue a blue moon since <laughs> I heard Dan's voice. So before we kick it in here to what uh i guess the the guest promotional phase of, of the show dan is there anything else you had left in in the holster there that you wanted to draw out uh, yeah i just want to say that i can uh i can attest to what he's saying about like clearing your mind going for a walk hiking going bowling doing whatever you find solace in so to speak my i just dive into music i'm very yeah. musically driven um if there was no music i don't know what the hell i would do with myself <laughs> like i've got to have it uh that i also yeah i'm an adult but i like to game a little bit i know sam you like to game too um different kinds of games but like you know that's kind of my thing i kind of try to get an hour or so to not every day but every now and then just to to me it's my way of of like you said kind of like compartmentalizing like all right i want to play this or I i'm gonna go listen to music and forget about the distractions of the outside world. And it kind of does, you know, to, at least for me, music is the big thing for me. Like I can, I can put on some, one of my favorite songs or whatever and, and just close my eyes and listen and 
for that six to three to six minutes, my cares are about what I'm listening to and I forget about where I am or what I'm doing. So yeah, I can attest to that. And Corey, you have mental toughness. Kids bring it out of you. Don't say that you don't, you just gotta, you know, it's there. Trust me. I'd, I didn't think I had it either, but I'm men- more mentally tough today than I was three and a half years ago and little bit was born. So it's there. Don't, don't, uh, don't sell yourself too short. No, right on, right on. I do appreciate that. One yeah. question about something you said, uh, with the music thing. And I, I'm sure that this is a, you know, something that a lot of people feel. Don't you think that like, and I don't want to, we, we tend to go on tangents here. I don't want to do that, but don't you feel that like, okay, there's a song, you know, event sevenfold, whatever it is, you just love it. It just used to pump you up. It used to be everything that, that you needed five years later. Doesn't that song like have less, you know, power because I'm, I'm over here like, man, it's real hard to find a new song that I haven't heard to kind of pump me up. You know, I'm, I'm still like, you know, dream on and, and uh, you know, stairway to heaven or whatever, you know, like I'm stuck in the, in the seventies and the, and the eighties for songs that like really moved me. And then after years and years, they stopped moving you for the most part. And, and I like, that's why I've listened to more podcasts lately because the music just doesn't affect me like it used to. And it, does it still have that effect on you? Yeah, I mean, I, there's a speaking of Avenged Sinful that, yeah, that's my favorite band. Um, they have a song that came out, oh my God, uh, 2010 on the Nightmare album, Welcome to the Family, or whatever. Um, it's called Buried Alive. So that's that song's, uh, oh God, what, 13 years old. And no matter what I'm doing, when that song comes on, I hear that first guitar note played, I melt into whatever. And I forget I could be driving down the road and some idiot just cut me off and I want to give him the finger. But if that song comes on, Nope. Like I've listened to it. That's that is of them of that band. That is my favorite song ever. And still to this day, I've probably, I know we exaggerate a lot. I've probably listened to it 200 times. And if I listen to it right after this podcast for the 201st time, <laughs> still be the same as maybe the first time I heard it. So no, I don't, I don't experience burnout. I have certain songs that if I'm pissed off or I want to kill the world or watch it burn, I have a certain, it's not a playlist, but I can go to YouTube and find like these three or four or five songs and I'm good. And some of them are, some of them are come out, you know, a few years ago. Some of them, like you said, are from the eighties, nineties, seventies, whatever. Some of them are from when I was in high school, you know, it's just, I have songs that I deeply connect to and I don't let them go because uh, they mean so much to me and they've gotten me through so much bullshit that I can't let it go. It's just like, if it wasn't for that song, I don't know if I'd be here right now or in the shape that I'm in. So yeah. those are the songs I grab. Those are the songs I gravitate towards. If I'm, you know, need to dive into music and forget about the world. I remember you telling me the Barbie girl really like, kept you strong through some I mean, hard that's, times that's number one man number one <laughs> i uh i just don't really you know if you if i hear uh, uh burning heart from the rocky forge soundtrack come on then yeah that pumps me up but also that's not a song i've heard a thousand times so yeah it just depends I, yeah uh, i mean but, say uh you know on the music thing don't sell yourself short i mean my son is 18 years old he loves Queen. He loves Meatloaf. <laughs> he loves The Who. I mean, uh, you know, the, he went to uh, basic training, and the next night, my wife and I went to Disturbed, and he was like, 
what the heck? Why didn't you do, <laughs> tell me? I was like, well, you joined the army, so you missed out. <laughs> but yeah, when like I, was gonna go anyway. that, I was cooking dinner for, for my kids. Um, you know, they, they, they all love Jimmy Buffett. I mean, you'll, you'll find new meaning when your kids are, are telling <laughs> kids their age, like, no, go listen to Queen. <laughs> uh, it's funny you mentioned Queen. I just, uh, before I, I came in here to hit, uh, well, to hit Zoom, I heard some sort of alternate version of uh, We Will Rock You. It was like sped up. It was really cool. Um, it was, uh, you know, some sort of uh, B-side or alternative take or whatever. It's on Spotify. If you um, if you like Queen and you have Spotify, it's worth, it's worth searching for. I was like, this is not going to be good. And then like halfway through, I'm like, maybe I should share this on Facebook. Like who's, who else has heard of this? This is awesome. I'm not even, you know, a huge Queen fan, but like I was digging it. Um, okay, so uh, I did say that we'd move into the promotional phase, but um, like I, I go back to my OCD and it wants me to give Sam one more chance to say something if he wants to. So did you have anything else before we move on toward the end here, Sam? No, not at this time. No, I'm okay. Right on. So uh, you did mention uh, prior to, it might have been even before we really started the show, about some things you got going on and some things that you may or may not want to share with our uh, meager, though surprisingly growing audience. I'm always like shocked to find we've got another listener on spotify that's always crazy to me but uh with that being said uh do you have anything that you'd like to share with people any, any messages that you want to get out there or projects that you want to talk about um so yeah i'm i'm very big into uh, you know positive uh, psychology and uh wanting to just be a force for good in the world um so with that, you know, I, I volunteered uh, at Make a Wish, um, and you know, if you wanna, if you wanna get a recharge, you know, talk talk to a kid who's you know three years old who's got leukemia and Down syndrome and just wants to play with bubbles for a half an hour about what he wants to do, uh, and then make that come true for him and see the humongous smile on his face and the, the looks uh, for the rest of the family, uh, you know, as they see uh, their family members supported uh, and supported in such a way that's, we're just bringing happiness to people, um, which I can't think of a better mission. And uh, so just wherever you are, you know, Make-A-Wish is, um, um, I'm not sure if it's international, I'm pretty sure it is, but it's at least national. Uh, you've definitely got it in your state, wherever you are. Uh, you can give money, you can give time, you can donate tickets. Uh, I mean, they'll take whatever you're willing to give them. Um, and it is absolutely an amazing cause. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, we've had probably about 200 animals come through our house uh, that we have fostered, uh, my wife and I. And, uh, you know, that's, that's another population that they're always gonna love you. They're always gonna be happy. Um, and, uh, you know, I've seen some animals that, uh, we had one that was attacked by a machete uh, and was emaciated. And, you know, in a couple of months, you know, it's like the fur grows back, the scars heal, uh, she's a happy dog. And then to be able to give that to another family uh, that can enjoy the dog and, and make sure that they have a good house now. Um, is, is a wonderful uh, thing to give to people as well. So, you know, look at your humane societies, look at your wildlife centers, 
Um, you can volunteer your time, you can give them 20 bucks, whatever it is, um, you know, just support those who, uh, who need it. And uh, at the end of my retirement ceremony, I left everyone with, uh, because as I said, I'm a child of the eighties, uh, you know, there's, there's two things to say, be excellent to each other and party on dudes. Sometimes. It's more like surfing than skating. I wish the rain would stop just once. It can't rain all the time. <laughs>